we ready? Yeah, it's been recording. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> What's up? We are so timely with this episode. I mean, I can't. I can't even remember when it aired, but we're at our last episode. Oh, by the way, this is. Um, can I steal you for a sec to talk about critical theory? And um, I'm Emily. I'm Robin. Here we are again. It's if you've just tuned in. Um, <laughs> Don't know why you would. It's our last <laughs> episode stage. for now. For now. Yeah, maybe we'll. I mean, you know, I have some ideas. Yeah. That will take place after finals because <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start. Uh, what is it? The pa- the pattern. So let's get to it. All right, we are talking about postmodernism, and we're also talking about the last week of episodes, which was after Colton jumped the fence, and then the finale, the live finale. So we're talking about postmodernism. Yep. Um, and postmodernism is something that a lot of people like to say they yeah. know what it is and they don't know what it is. And actually, I can't say, like, this is not my slumdog millionaire category. I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not totally. I guess that's what's great about postmodernism, though. Like, you can kind of. There's so many different people that play, or like scholars who play around yeah. postmodern theory, blah, 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 that it can. You, I don't know. Kind it's of mean because it's it's really elusive. People like to throw it out because you can't really argue with it. Yeah, you. I mean, one could argue with it, but mm-hmm. if I said like um, you're it, like Egyptian pyramids are postmodern. Yeah, it's not like Marxism somewhere. Yeah. it's like you're like. Substitute. So I like that. I love a sort of a vague theory. Like we talked about post-feminism. Emily needs sourcing. I I don't know. I had I've. I've run into some trouble reading some, like, legit, some serious histories lately in some of my classes, yeah. and so I'm like, archives Oh, no, you're nothing. turning into a historian. No, no. Oh, in a I'm, good way. In a, in a I'm good like, way. I'm like, like, you're doubting the archives. Yeah, I'm okay. like, that's dumb. Like, why do you need empirical evidence? Why can't you just come up with an idea? So Why did so many fucking people have travel diaries? I feel like every oh, history I class... Oh, I love a travel diary. I know it was more, it, obviously you wrote more and people kept diaries yeah. more but okay so let's get back to the point okay, we're um, both, we just both you, talked about how we were so i wrote down late capitalism jameson uh yeah <laughs> meaning we, frederick jameson we are in we're in what's life. modernism let's start there oh is we, it a time is it like post-world war Two? is it i think it's kind of like i mean well we have like pre-modern okay so i think the modern for me i think of like max weber and like bureaucracy like nation states are forming bureaucracies are starting to become a thing people realize that they are individuals um the enlightenment seems to suggest like kind of modernity but this but the whole concept of modernity is very fraught with questions of like western imperialism linear history civil Mm -hmm. civilizationalist discourse so getting to postmodernism, like moves away from that kind of um, historical baggage, I think, of colonization and etc. I should say postmodern also is not in one field. Like, I actually will be talking about like postmodern art, postmodern culture, postmodern aesthetics, because we're talking about a television show. So, okay, I think we figured out Jameson. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> he only wrote, like, a thousand-page book on it, but don't worry. I see you have some really good bullet points, oh, which thank I think you. are awesome. This is um, sort of your your basic six points about what makes postmodernism. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 
if we're, when I say it, we're talking about a text or, or like a piece of art. So it critiques grand narratives of one history, white male European, um, in favor of local narratives. And Emily loves the word local. I love glocal. 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 Provincialized. Ugh. Let's prevent, like, yeah. Chakravarti. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, so it's critique of grand narratives, um, you know, the, the hero's journey, the biblical narrative, so you there's more localized narratives. So maybe narratives that don't act in order. Uh, fragmentation of self into polyvocal narration, which means a many-voiced narrator. Affirmative and skeptical positions, so um, using art also to question. It's sort of the, this is very much like the anti-hero, like showing a skeptical or a cynical view of something. I mean, satire is not strictly postmodern. Um, genealogical discourse, which means how stories, concepts, and paradigms and histories change over time. So as we're learning, genealogy is not just history, but the history of how people have thought about things. So yeah. like the She's... Civil War stopped, but then <laughs> there is a, a progression of how people talk about the Civil War and other things. Yeah, so like the fact that history isn't facts, but, like, we have historiographies, like, we have, like, mm -hmm. systems of thought that shift the way we understand and conceptualize the past. Mm -hmm. It rejects stories of time told in linear sequence. I think I already said that, but I'm just going to say it again. It focuses on how collective memory involves forgetting pain and suffering and recomposing memory to encompass new or previously excluded stories. Cool. So that's also looking at... Um, histories of people who are non-white it's also um, when we talk about nostalgia like I think about Stranger Things which is creating this new collective <clears throat> memory of like this utopian 80s pop culture reference experience mm -hmm. which I mean I can go into a whole thing about that but go to my um, go see my other podcast called When Does Stranger <laughs> Things Take Place I Can't Tell but don't tell me um. thank you for laughing <laughs> It's my job. Okay. No, this is... Um, that this, is your assistantship. This, this is, is my build assistantship. Me up. <laughs> um, Jean Baudrillard. Baudrillard. Baud <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a French person. But yeah, I, I like see like this... Have we talked about this before? Did we talk yeah, about... Yeah, we mentioned it. But we didn't like focus on it. When did we talk about it with... Maybe Marxism. Okay, yeah. Jean Baudrillard, one of my favorites, he's a French uh, economist, the not, the not theologist, <laughs> philosopher, um, kind mm -hmm. of talks about everything, critical studies. Yeah. Um, he, I really like his writing, or maybe some the person who translated it did a really good job. But he's, yeah. he's, it can get complicated, but he's almost like he's excited about what he writes. You can, you can like get excited too. Yeah. So he wrote um, a couple of things. Uh, we're going to talk about simulacra in a second, but I also want to talk about system of objects. And I'm just going to straight up read what he said, because this is also coming off of, this is how postmodernism collides with uh, Marxism, I think. Mm. The act of buying is neither a lived nor a free form of exchange. It is a preconditioned activity where two irreducible systems confront each other. At the level of the individual, with his or her needs, conflicts, and negativity, the system is fluid and disconnective. At the level of the product, in all their positivity, the system is codified, classified, discontinuous, and relatively integrated. 
This is not interaction, but rather the forced integration of the system of needs with the system of objects. Of course, together they constitute a system of signification and not merely one of satisfaction. But a syntax is necessary for there to be language. The objects of mass consumption merely form a repertoire. Ooh. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Drama. So it's kind of going off the idea of use value and exchange value, object Kind of our system of objects becomes system of signification, and our objects become our culture. I think more in a way of material culture, but I think think about the way consumption is its own simulation of reality. And I have a lot to say about that when we talk about it in relation to the show. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about Anthony Giddens now? Yes. That's my, that's kind of my point of entry into postmodernism or like theories of, I'm very interested in modernity. Um, and two of his, his books, Modernity and Self-Identity, The Self and Society in the Late Modern Age, um, and then The Consequence of Modernity, I think are both really interesting um, to think about looking at media texts, but also thinking about like the self, like thinking about individuals as historical subjects or like a subject to write about. Um, and Anthony Giddens, he kind of, uh, like you mentioned some of these points that Jameson mm-hmm. articulated, um, about like post-modernity, um, and Giddens focuses a lot on like the self. His whole thing is that in the turn, the modern turn, and he's also kind of questioning whether we, are we in the postmodern? How can mm-hmm. we classify these things? But um, he's looking at the self in like a time of modernity or in postmodernity as a self-reflexive, as constantly changing, and the self um, is constituted of narratives, and we constantly remake narratives about ourselves, um, interacting with other people changing our clothes, writing about ourselves. So there's this notion of, like, the self is not, like, a fixed subject, um, which I find really interesting because the self is constantly changing. Um, And he also really focuses on um, emptying of time and space. Like, now, especially when we're thinking about, like, reality television, place and time have become disconnected. That's a really Mm -hmm. good example. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also witness a disembedding of social systems. And... I like this quote from him. He says, um, quote, by disembedding, I mean the lifting out of social relations from local contexts of interaction and the restructuring across indefinite spans of time and space. So for me, that's really interesting. Like, I don't know, shift into like modernity, post-modernity is there's this constant dislocation, not of just ourselves as in constantly questioning and remaking ourselves, but there's um, a disembedding, a constant shifting of, a physical place, time, and how we categorize things. So there's, um, I think, like, constant flux categorizes post-modernity. Okay. Just back to Baudrillard, I don't think Baudrillard himself <clears throat> would call himself a postmodern person. He actually has never said the word, but his work has been used as a large foundation of postmodernism. So I want to talk about simulacra and simulations, which might be, like, his most famous Mm-hmm. So the phase of the image, he's talking about the image. The first is, this is kind of a succession, it's the reflection of a basic reality. So a photograph of something, a even a film of something, or just something that is a reflection. The second level is that it masks and perverts a basic reality. So now we're talking about a reality show almost, because it, it's reality, but it's a constructed reality. But we understand what it's trying to mimic, what it is referring to. Okay, but then we go to number three. It masks the absence of a basic reality. 
So now it we know it's not real, but it has no reference. There's no there's no original. So it's kind of this disconnected copy. And number four is it bears no relation to any reality, whatever. It's its own pure simulacrum. And this is kind of, this gets like real, like. I always think of memes and like meme theory. I love it. I think, um, yeah. So a lot of people associate that with social media. So social media is this sort of uh, facsimile of reality, but it doesn't actually reflect anything. Like, social media becomes its own simulacra because what is social media is kind of self-referential. And we accept it as real. And I'm not... I mean, we know it's not real, but it's kind of the way, like, news is always like, Twitter reacts to this, or, like, on Twitter, or this person is canceled because Twitter reacts to it. And Mm -hmm. kind of the idea, like, the FOMO of seeing your friends on Instagram... I think of, like, what's interesting is, like, I think conspiracy theories, like, yeah. in the alt-right, like, um, Ooh, like the, the Pizzagate or something like that, that bears no, like, that is not real, there's no basis in reality yeah. to that conspiracy theory, but it, it almost, like, this, I don't know, like, these four points circle back, because even though this is a simulation, there's no relation to reality on social yeah. media, people take this as real and then they enact it so that it becomes a reality. Yeah. Like when the, um, I don't know the people involved, but when the QAnon QAnon stuff. Yeah. Like when the guy went to that pizza restaurant or something, you guys can lie. I'm sure like you guys know Pizzagate. Um, but he goes <sighs> and you know, like, and he tries to like hold up the restaurant. Yeah. It's like, well, how does, you know, simulation has become real and the real has become a simulation. Yeah. So. I think feminism has become a simulacra. Corporate feminism. Corporate feminism, celebrity feminism, or just online feminism um, as, like, a reflection of how we treat people online. So, which is important, but that's something that... Check out my other podcast, (laughs) Half-Baked Ideas, that I'm going to try to flesh out. So... Do we get... Let's go to the episode. So, I think the first... All right. So, reality TV in itself is, like, a very postmodern... Um, type of way just because of we talked about like the grand narratives Mm -hmm. self-reflective multivocal um, collective memory um, especially when we you you won't know but like the surreal house used to have like older like past celebs come together and live reality local social relations or like a disembedding of like there's no sense of like time in reality like there is but it's compressed and it's different from our sense of time so there's like a dislocation dislocation from like the people participating and then the people watching i mean we know consciously that a show is edited and we're not watching it in real time but for example the bachelor especially this season is a simulacra for dating and romance yeah definitely in a way in 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 that time space not in that it's only six weeks and we only watch it but if you but i think I think Cassie's dad is a postmodernist because he said you can't microwave a relationship. Or is he pre-modern? I don't know. <laughs> Cassie's dad, write Call us. us. Do you, I like, tell us. Do you or, like Giddens? Or are you more Jamison? Are you more Jamison? Or are you into, like, food? So the simulacra of what is dating, what do we feel about the reality of dating? And it goes through this very <clears throat> compressed time of meeting, dating, 
declaring love, meeting family, getting married, getting engaged. Just because something is postmodern doesn't mean it's progressive. Yeah. Like, this is a very, like, you know, this is a pretty, like, heteronormative, traditional blah, 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 but, like, like, I don't know, idea of, like, a relationship, but the way that it is, like, articulated through the medium of reality television is very postmodern because it's... It is a simulation. I get the feeling that postmodernism is almost like a cynical view. Like when somebody calls something postmodern, it feels oh, it feels more often a critique. Yeah, uh, but that's just me. Nobody's like the celebration of postmodernity. Postmodernity is usually well. This goes back to like something like Giddens characterizes like the shift into like modernity and postmodernity is. Um, char- <laughs> Sorry, I'm oh <laughs> my bang! I'm just playing. Yeah, you're. Robin Banks look amazing. Um, well, Giddens, he characterizes, like, modernity-based, like, because everything's self-reflexive and constantly yeah. in flux, like, there's um, an innate, like, tension, anxiety, and almost existential crisis of the individual and of meaning in in this period. So, yeah, I think yeah, that... Yeah, it's, it's, it's dynamic in that it's never certain. It's never... Right, and, part and of so it. that's kind of, you know, it can be a very generative space to be like, okay, myself is not fixed, like... Judith Butler, like, you know, my gender is a performance and I can articulate my selfhood in many ways, but this is also can be, um, it can also be disconcerting. So, yeah. So talking about, um, objects. So in The Bachelor, objects are presented as a real. So things like vacations, um, the dresses that they are supposed to present themselves in, like, this is all part Mm -hmm. of the the objects that create that help create this postmodern quote unquote reality. Mm-hmm. And there's always a date where they go shopping or they do, they buy fireworks. They have, um, a really not great musician play for them in a private concert. Well, and especially the travel, um, yeah. uh, like the international travel, it's a simulation of, of um, Singapore, it's a simulation of Portugal because these things are like artificially managed. And um, but then again, I don't know. I think the problem with like postmodernity is I think like you can easily get into um, like a fetishization of like the local, the authentic, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, um, at the expense of like the global or the um, industrial. I don't know. That's not mm-hmm. really like something I'm mulling over. But yeah. So the episode. If well, if I may, yeah, 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 I would like to um, do a live analysis of so this finale. Both nights are presented through the medium of like a live show. So Chris Harrison is live with an audience, and they and using that framing device, device like they are watching the show along with us and then there's also commentary and other things happening so if we go back to the successive phases of the image Mm -hmm. one is is a reflection of basic reality so that's the camera recording cassie and whoever two it masks and perverts a basic reality that is the presentation the packaging of the show Mm -hmm. the fact that it is a show that it's self acknowledges that it's a show. Like, actually, in the show, they talk about that it's a show and the experience. Mm -hmm. It masks the absence of a basic reality. So now we're on to the live show where 
there is no reality because we're presenting it on a live show and it's acknowledging its showness with another show. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting super meta. We're acknowledging it. And then number four, it bears no relation to any reality whatsoever. It's its own pure simulacrum. I see this as the Bachelor Nation. Mm. So including the fact that the fence jump, hashtag fence jump, mm-hmm. is something that was not organically produced in social media. It was also perpetuated yeah. by, you know, they kept saying, we're teasing the fence jump. Can you wait for fence jump? And they're acknowledging its own, I don't want to use the word viralness, but it's its a wink, wink, nod, nod to it, but it's also taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So it kind of loses that reality. So the whole, and then kind of this idea of how, like, we know that Caitlin broke up with Sean and is now dating somebody else in Bachelor Nation. Mm-hmm. And we know that through the simulacrum of social media. So that's how I see that related. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think that I'm with you in, like, until four. Like, until level four. Like, there's no relation to reality whatsoever. And I think that maybe... I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, of an example of how... Or, like, the... Like, I think, like, those incidences do bear some relationship to, like, reality. Like, there's some connection because, like, they have happened in some way, shape, or form. I'm, I'm trying to think of, like... I don't know. Like, an instance where people in Bachelor Nation, like, crowdsourced some decision or, like, changed some facet of the show which changed reality um, is an example of, like, how conspiracy or some type of preference of Bachelor Nation, which isn't a real thing... It's an imagined community. Yeah, like, well, like, actually, um, you know, affected reality in some ways to, like, go from that perspective, so I don't know. I'm still thinking about that. Like, where does... How do we define reality and where, like, reality... I think, like, when we're talking about um, these different media forms, it can be difficult to, like, to draw the boundaries of, like, the real. Yeah, that's why it was an exercise. That came out really snotty. No, I agree. (laughs) Agree to disagree. I'm weak. Um, I think that... I mean, maybe I can offer it maybe has relation to semiotics where the fence jump Mm -hmm. did not actually represent a person going over a fence. Mm -hmm. It was an event. It was, like, a a media event. Yeah. A spectacle. Yeah. No, but I I think, like, The Bachelor, like, like, these levels and these frames you're talking about are a really good entry point into understanding, like, simulation and and like thinking about like a world of images and like what does what do images and what do signs mean in this like new technological age so that was part of the episode do you um was there anything postmodern about the formalist properties of the show versus anything that the quote-unquote characters exhibited Mm. like formalist versus narrative i think I don't know, maybe, like, Chris Harrison's engagement with Colton, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I don't know, is, did his conversations with Colton, you know, when Colton, after he jumped the fence, um, and, you know, sort of, like, giving him advice after, like, you know, breaking up with these women or, like, going after Cassie, like, how does that, that doesn't quite have, like, a relation to, like, that is the show acknowledging itself as a show, so in that way, like, that entrance of um, him as, like, a narrator 
and also a character kind of flips the script yeah. of like what we'd expect like the framework of the show to yeah, be. Yeah, and that and then we're also getting into fra- like social frames. Too. Yeah. The the idea Okay, I don't want to <laughs> that was something I didn't want to get into. I just like want didn't want to walk down that hole. Okay. So something about risk reward. Oh, um this is Another one of Anthony Giddens' like okay. ideas that like um, like post modernity modernity characterized by high levels of like risk and reward, um, and this is another way in which like this age more so than like the pre modern um, is highly like anxiety producing mm-hmm. because as like these self reflective self reflexive agents we can um, categorize and think about risks and rewards of behavior. Um, and that can produce anxiety and different types of um, calculation based off individual positionality. And so the show is, you know, risk, reward, are you getting a marriage proposal or are you getting rejected? But there's all all these calculations. And the risk of having the public see it. Right. Well, and then also I think, like, Cassie's doing another kind of um, equivocation, a different type of self-reflexive, like, behavior. Does she want to get married or does she is she doing this for Instagram followers and there's this constant like recalculating of her position and I think she you know she recalculates like and we witness that um as she gets back together with Colton spoiler spoiler for a show that aired three weeks ago um yeah okay so that's now we're gonna go into kind of the episode and we'll bring stuff up this is just rude at this point the bachelor the show okay is rude. It's to, rude to you, to, to me, to the viewer, to heteronormativity. No, it's not rude to that. It, it supports it, heteronormativity. It's rude to Tasha, definitely. It, I mean, it's rude to Tasha. It's rude that it is a white supremacist show. <laughs> no. So just okay. So let's go back, and we'll just say our thoughts. So we start after the fence jump. He so he goes to Tasha's room. This was um, uncomfy. Yeah, there. They begin their breakup outside, move it inside, microphone's still on. Well, it's a, I appreciate, it, it kind of supports our theory that Tasha has just been acting this whole time because she's like, can we just go, like, she basically mm-hmm. said, can we just go and talk about this in private? Because yeah. I don't want to be, like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. done. And I really wanted her to, like, dig into him. And she still had to comfort him. Yes! Yes. So. Yes. So, Which was rude. <laughs> I mean, so black women's labor. Yeah. Ugh. Um, okay. So you know what, Tasha, you are better off. Go go on paradise. I bet she's gonna go on paradise. Yeah, you're the bachelorette we deserved, and yeah. instead, is she though? I don't know. Yeah, I'm I not. Mean, I, I'm not that excited about Hannah B right now. Okay, but we'll you talk will. about that later. Yeah. So, okay, then he goes. Does he go to Hannah next? Yeah, I think, like, he gets some, I don't know, some delicious Portuguese lunch, and then he goes to her in the evening. Oh my god, they were in Portugal? Yeah. Oh, did they go to the Madeline McCann apartment? Wait, weren't they? Yeah, they were in Portugal, right? Oh my god. Oh, yeah, well, let's have a podcast about our Madeline McCann theory. No, um, but yeah, so he goes, this breakup was equally cringy. So he didn't even have a date with Hannah yet. Like, they didn't even, they didn't even get to have the foreplay of it. Yeah, so he... <laughs> this is just so uncomfortable. She's probably never been broken up with. And that, just could yeah, not yeah, yeah, fathom yeah. that somebody did not choose her. Like, it wasn't about being her. She was just like, I don't understand why you didn't choose me. 
Yeah. It was, it was very... Un- yeah. It was uncomfortable. Her, her self-tanner wasn't well done because her hands were a different shade. Didn't she do a weird hand thing in the interview? She was like, I... Love you. You can't see me. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she did. But it was disconcerting. Um, she's acts so childlike. She, um, there's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing there behind she's, those She's not eyes. self-reflexive. She, now listen, as somebody who um, has a lot of experience with being broken up with, <coughs> it, was that, was that a passive-aggressive cough? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm weak. It is, it sucks. And in the moment, you're never rational. Like, it's, it's yeah. really hard to be rational. But just it just annoyed me like her entitlement. She's like, but I, but you, but well, you liked me. You did. I was like, you're on a show. Like, d- shut up. It was pretty boring. Yeah. Um, so that then was... she did a diss rap later, which made me go into like another dimension. I couldn't even deal with. <laughs> I I was more. Yeah, I think I okay. was like I was looking at Instagram or something during this. Yeah. And okay. then Cassie. Okay, so then Hannah's gone. Hannah's like sort of crying, and nobody cares. Myself included. Yeah. Um, and so then Colton... Then, so then he... What is she still at the hotel? Or she's at another She hotel? is, you know, talking about how excited she is to go back to her family, packing her little suitcase, and he knocks on the door, and then... He's like, give me another chance, and she's like, okay. <laughs> um, it's, um, but then he's like, do you want to go... Is it Mallorca? Yeah, he's like... Spain. He's like, please, we'll take it day by day. Like, that's fine. Like, she's like... Okay. Um, and then sh- I guess they go meet, like, his parents in Mallorca, Spain. Can I just um, can, I center- can I just go back for a second? Yeah, of course. Space and time is, you know, distorted. Yeah, definitely. She only, I mean, okay, so she had time to think about it. He finally concedes that he doesn't ha- want to get engaged. Because that was mm. the thing that they had. He- because he had always been like, I want to get engaged. I will be engaged. Which is... And then second of all, I was like, Cassie, just get engaged on the show. You don't have to get married. Like I know. Like, just finish it. She's not very self-reflexive. I mean, oh, maybe, you know, maybe kudos to her for not leading him on. Like, that would just be like, oh, just get engaged. We can break up later. Yeah. But the way she took him back was just, like, so anticlimactic. She only took him back when he was like, I broke up with Hannah. And, yeah. Because it was, like, a little bit of an ego stroke. I think so. So um, he's like, will you casually date me like most people do at our age. Right. In Mallorca, but yeah. meet my parents. <laughs> yeah, but then would you meet my parents? I guess they already paid for them to fly out. So Cassie was, like, super nervous. Oh, then they, like, flitted around in Mallorca. I don't know what they did. No, no, it was first. We, oh, that was the first yeah, thing Yeah, that was did. the first thing. That, and she was crying. She was nervous. What if they don't like me? And in reality, what if they don't? You're fine. And the thing that got Also, me, like, you think they, like, are gonna love you? Like, because, like, I mean, one, it is weird. It's very, like, she's early. Cute. She's quirky. She's awkward. Yeah, I guess so. So they have a uncomfy... And his parents <clears throat> and his family are just so scared that they're gonna get hurt. Yeah, talk about every fucking relationship. Like, also, like, I'm sorry if this is, like, the worst thing that has happened in your life. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, like, Cassie Randolph is, like, no. That she's a little ambivalent. Ambivalent. <laughs> ambivalent. Sorry. <laughs> like, have you not heard of... Dating? Like, yeah. Um, General so, dating? So that Boarding? was So bizarre. that was... It was like, um, the world will end if they don't end up together. And again, the, the for me, the undercurrent was, we gotta get these two white people together and make babies, because we need more white babies. Mm. Like, that is mm. kind of the end game here, that... 
it must mm-hmm. result in a long-term relationship. Yeah. And also very conservative because... You can't just date around. Yeah, that you have to... Especially if Colton's going to lose his virginity. True. Which I... I care more about when you're going to clip your fingernails next than Colton's virginity. Yeah. Um, that was very... Well, at first, before, like, that, like, situation, like, I literally lost my mind when they went on their little, like, cliff picnic date. Uh-huh. Um, when Cassie, you know, he's like, well, okay, tell me more about, like, you know, what are your concerns? Like, blah, blah, blah. Which oh. is, like, fine and cool. And she's like, I just... You know, I don't have any concerns with you. I just, like, I don't, don't want to be in a relationship. And I was like, wow, okay. And then Colton's response is, I want you to go on, like, girls' brunch weekends. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, this is so, it's so, like, gross. It's gross. And then at one point she <clears> referred <throat> to not being one of being in a relationship as selfish. Not not being in a relationship is selfish no. or not being in a relationship? To not, mm. you know, to be single would be selfish of her. Okay. Um. So that's how, why she, how Colton wore her down. Mm. She doesn't want to be in a relationship because she's too selfish, which is something I've heard people say. And it's like totally just punching yourself in the head. Like, mm. no, you don't want to be in a relationship because you want your own sense of self. Like, that's not being selfish. Yeah. So, yeah, she... And then finally, I think she was like, all right. Yeah, I think she... It was like a shrug. Yeah. I, Cassie is just so... Who is Cassie? So deeply ambivalent, I can't... Oh, apparently she's still in school, though, because I was looking on her Instas, and Colton was like, oh my gosh, I'm just like, you know, she worked so hard, like, she was sick, and she was taking these tests online. And she online. took off to... Oh, and I was like, oh my god, Did she wow. take a little of absence? Did she have to take, like, one thesis credit to stay enrolled? I don't know, that's why who's I'm... Her, by, who's on her committee? I don't know. It's She's a master's student, right? Yeah, so you, have she, a, you have a thesis? Yeah. I mean, or maybe you do, like, a clinical so, practicum okay. or something. I'm not entirely... Uh, this is what Cassie still an email us. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just a little confused. I'd like to know, do you use Blackboard, Canvas? How do you turn things Trello. in? Are you... What class are you taking? Chicago style versus... Yeah, I just... I'm a little... Do you little, electives? Do you take, like, a, a humanities course? I'm just confused a little bit. Um... Where does she even go to school? Do we know? I believe it is in the Midwest. I'm. I. I thought she lived in Huntington Beach. She did. She might be online. Okay, let's not live Google this. Well, I need to know. Okay. So I'll keep talking. I've been on her. No, I'm still talking. I've been on her LinkedIn before. We've spoken of this. Okay. Cassandra Randall. I mean, I could connect with her. Um, I'd like to talk to you about some business opportunities. She is in our, you know, our yeah. neck oh! of the country. Uni- Uni- University of Wisconsin in Eau Claire. Eau Claire. Eau Claire. Eau Claire. What did you call it? Eau Claire. Um, she's she's going to be there until 2020. So. <gasps> is that when we graduate? No, we graduate in 2022. Okay. Um, I'm just I'm just a little confused based off of her if she is in a four year degree program. Well, that would be a PhD. Or, Why would I don't you know. Spend I'm, four years in school and not get a PhD because she's doing like speech pathology. So it's I don't know. Maybe it's also a, it's she took time off. A science. All right. This is this is okay. So they're Back together. To yeah. They are in love. Um, Colton has is excited because he has wore her down mm-hmm. into a relationship. 
she has been hesitant to open up to him. So, Emily, what is the way in which she decides to open up to him? Is this on the cliff still? No, we're back at her. We're like we're like fast forward into their relationship. They're on their. They're in her house. <laughs> oh, this was, I was like I was I I was disembedded. Yeah. Um, um, this was literally wild. Um, so I guess she had had a diary, and she was writing down things about how much she loved him. But it was while ABC was filming them, and then instead of reading it to him in an intimate way. She, I guess, like, recorded herself on her MacBook and then put it on the TV so that... They could both watch it. We could watch it at the same time. So we were watching Colton and Cassie watch a video of Cassie talking about Colton. It went real Inception. It's very postmodern. And and what she said was, like, so boring. It could be anybody. Oh, she was like, you're my best friend. (laughs) It was like, we, you know, when you, it's like anybody could have said it and then they entered the, she was like, I really love you, Colton. (laughs) You really make me feel great. I love the time we had in Mallorca. (laughs) Like, it just was this generic term, like, you're my best friend and I'm so glad to be on this journey. You're my person. This was bizarre but not as bizarre as air supply what (laughs) was that (laughs) what bookie do they have to pay off to agree to do this nonsense they are first of all i'm surprised they're alive who is their supply? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is this the who? Like, <laughs> what's going okay, on? So, all right. So, so we're back to the live show. There's like a view style panel talking about Colton's virginity. Um, we revisit some of our, our fun people. I think, did we learn that Demi's going to paradise? No, we didn't learn who was going to paradise. We had some paradise people. We saw Garrett again. I was Ugh. like. We yeah. saw Blake, who is a handsome gentleman. We saw Blake. Um, what's his name? Goose Chris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, hit, he and Crystal are still together, and they I'm are. happy about that. Yeah, good for them. I am, I am pro-Crystal. Yeah, I'm pro-Crystal now. Yeah. Um, that was bizarre. And then he was asked about his virginity, and he said, I could say that, but now we're in a relationship and there's two people involved, which I was like, begrudgingly like, okay. Yeah, I was but like, But also right. that you made it about it all this time. Yeah, it's a little... Do you think they did it? I'm sure. I don't know if they did it, like, the night. Do you think they did, like... Air supply. (laughs) So then... I just They got together, they did the whole reunite thing, um, and they're, like, so giddy in this, like, performative, we're so in love. And then... Yeah. Also, Cassie is wearing um, what has become the Bachelor Nation uniform, is that you wear, like, a jumpsuit or a a, Mm. um, romper. So he's a one piece. Didn't love it. It was white. She looked like white Studio like her. 54. She's sublimating, yeah. you know. She was like, I'm going waiting online for Studio 54, watching Bianca Jagger ride in on that pony. Oh. I don't know what that means. You don't, Yeah. You, do you know what a Studio 54 is? Yeah, that's like the place that people went um, in New York. Okay. All right. Um, well, let's leave it at that. Um, so then... They said, oh my god, we're in love, let's celebrate. I have a special treat. Air <laughs> supply. And this from the crypt skeleton of air supply. <laughs> so fucking weird. Um, no, God bless them. They are wealthy as fuck. 
But like I said, what? who do they owe? But, like, didn't they get the cranberries one season? Like, that was awesome. Yeah, but she's no longer with us. I mean, that it wasn't directly related. <laughs> Actually, Michael asked that. Like, he was like, did she do it after, like, the day? <laughs> um, anyway. We're, we'll beep out that name to protect his oh, identity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so that was bizarre. So they, so Air Supply is probably early 80s, and they had massive hits, but they were, like, completely, like, adult contemporary. Do okay. you know what that means? Like, we'll play, I'll play, we'll play some after this. Maybe I'll put it in the intro music. <laughs> I'm just really excited to talk about Hannah B. Okay, well, I'm still talking about Air Supply. Uh, I mean. So then all these roses <laughs> fall from the sky, and everybody's and they dance. And the look of horror on Cass's <laughs> face, being like, "Tangible, I've made Tangible. a huge mistake." <laughs> like, what are we celebrating? Two white people dating? Well, and he he moved to Los Angeles to like be with her, oh, but the- they don't live together, so that's cool. That's, I respect that. Yeah, I respect that. He is like totally in. Like, he does look happy and giddy, but it's just not. It, do yeah. you think they're going to break up? And why is it next month? Um, they're going to break up. Not, she will break up with him. <clears throat> what if he gets it together with Tia? She finally has the number of Instagram followers she wants. Yeah, she's got, she's got tummy tea. She's verified, so. She's diff eyewear. Fab fit fun box. Yeah. So, that's what will happen. So then, Hannah B is introduced as the Bachelorette. I love it. I, I like it. She's awkward. It kind of. I like that she's awkward. It makes it interesting. I, the the shot of Chris Harrison, like, FaceTiming her, yeah, and was... then that, and then her filming, like, I've never seen something, like, I wanted to, like, sink into my couch. Like, I couldn't, I like. I actually liked it. Was she feigning emotion? Was she overcome in a weird way? I think that was way? real. I think she's very emotional. It was. And I like that. I, I myself I very was emotional. counting the minute when she was trying like I I it was weird when they were talking and she was like are you asking me he's like do you want to and she was like you uh, asking me like, I, that could have been I cut can't down. I can't I can't but I like her reaction when she got it like I thought it was real she is a lot I'm also not really excited about her cast of men I've oh. like looked like did you see on this yeah they are boring boring and little racists or already we know um, yeah, or one is, I read some article, one is definitely kind one is of ben a misogynist. Shapiro. One um, is Ben Shapiro. One was an Instagram harasser oh, of some wow. women. Um, and I mean, I'm sure there's going to be, they obviously, Why ABC doesn't, doesn't do a good job of vetting. Yeah, well, I think they do on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So she, she went out and she got, she met four of them. And then she yeah. was like, I kind of want to give that a rose. And then Chris was like, let's do it. Do and she, it. And that was just like, it was cute at first where she was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then it just went on. Then it went on. They it, were like, we got to fill time. Air supply. It was the toast that was Air like. Air supply had to go home. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. Then they redid the toast and. There was a man that was wearing a jacket, a suit jacket, but jeans. I. Oh, that means he's cool. Oh, no. There was a man that looked like Nick Vial. Yeah, that was funny. That was, um, she gave her rose to, like, the white guy that did a little rap, rap. about I heard Alabama. that when they go back to The Bachelor, that rose <laughs> is null and void. What? I heard that on the first episode. They don't, like, that That rose is null and void. It oh, really? Count. Yeah. Like, just let them have the fucking rose. Yeah. So that was interesting. 
Um, so here we are. Yeah. I, I like this next section that we okay. have. But I, I put down some funny ones. Okay. My, okay. You can look at my screen. No, it's, let's just it's have pretty this big. fascinating moment in the um, podcast. So this, this next section, instead of things you hear in seminar and things you hear in The Bachelor, we have a new section. How is The Bachelor... <laughs> a new section that will happen one time. <laughs> How is The Bachelor like graduate school? We actually have over ten ways that it is similar, so, if not exactly the same. Okay. The so first, are we, are we going to, like, go back and forth? Yeah, or? yeah. Okay, you can start. Some people are not here for the right reasons. I'm going to say that again because you've cleared your throat. <laughs> Some people are not here for the right reasons. Two. In the beginning, seminars are like group dates where you are fighting to get the attention. That's true. But that also, put, like, think of some of our professors as The Bachelor. I'm literally screaming right now. Okay. We, we all have our faves. Yeah. There's always a virgin who thinks he has the right to have sex with someone. Um, number, oops, um, number four. When you ask someone to be your dissertation advisor, it's giving them the final rose. That's true. <laughs> to meet with faculty, you always have to interrupt someone else. I love a good. Can I steal you for a second? <laughs> yeah, no. Hi, how are you busy? Yeah. Hi, should I come back? Hi, you have time? Do you have time? Is this Hi, a good is time? Your office hours. <laughs> Hi. Um, number six, you have no real job right now. <laughs> That's true. Number seven, people of color are not supported. Yes. Um, number eight. People wear lots of yoga pants and leggings. That's true. Number nine, you travel to exotic places like Indianapolis <laughs> for a conference. Ooh, and to add to that, and you have to pay for your own outfits when yeah, you go. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks, H&M professional section. <laughs> um, number 10, you are desperate for attention when you're done from employers and publishers. <laughs> 11, you will cry. <laughs> that's true um number 12 you're basically trapped in the house crying and obsessing over the same thing as everyone else your the dissertation, dissertation. <laughs> um once you finish the show you are inducted into a cult that peddles products uh, your manuscript and you can only relate to other alums phds <laughs> yikes number 14 you will get harsh advice from your advisor slash chris harrison what if she just isn't that into you what if the basic thesis of your chapter is flawed? Number 15. The best contestant doesn't always win the tenure track job. <laughs> Spicy. Um, yeah. So that is it for now. This was, I'm really glad we did this, although we're both. Yeah, this was a fun project. Yeah. And we, I'm going to go ahead and say we're not going to do this for The Bachelorette. Yeah. We will return with maybe another sort of little, like, anthology of something around yeah. critical theory. Um, if you have things you'd like us to do, let us know yeah. at bachelorcriticaltheory at gmail.com. And thank you guys for listening to us. This yeah. was a fun experience. And yeah. we hope that you guys learned something, because I think I definitely, like, learned a lot over the course of this project. Yeah. So. And thank you for my wonderful co-potter. Oh. <laughs> Robin. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, bye. bye. I know you were right. It